From the Asset Builder headquarters in Dallas, Texas, welcome to Keep It Simple, a show that discusses simple techniques and philosophies to help de-stressify investors around the world. I'm your host, Jared Herzog, and welcome to the show. And today we'll be talking with our investment advisor representatives, Adam Morse and Janet Griffith. Today we'll be dissecting a tweet from the one and only Elon Musk. You may have heard of him. He's the richest man in the world. He might be buying Twitter, maybe not. I don't know, I digress. But today we're gonna talk about a tweet that he tweeted, which was critical of index funds. And so Adam and Janet will be responding to this tweet, find out what they had to say in response to Elon Musk, pronounced Elon, not Elon, or Elon, in another fiery episode of Keep It Simple. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to our podcast each and every week. You can hit us up by email if you have a podcast episode suggestion at podcast at assetbuilder.com. And be sure to rate, review, and subscribe at Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. All right, ladies and gentlemen, hope you're doing well. Without further ado, let's get to the show. All right. So how are you guys doing today? Let's pretend like we're, it's been two weeks. <laughs> it's been a good couple of weeks. It's yeah. cooled off a little. <laughs> Yeah, right. In your dreams. <laughs> yeah, in your dreams. Would have heated up, I guess. Um, so today we're going to talk about a really interesting tweet um, from a one Elon Musk. You may have heard of him. He's the richest man in the world. And uh, he tweets a lot. And maybe by this time he has bought Twitter. I don't know. Did that fall um, It hasn't gone through yet. It hasn't. No, he, he wanted more information on how many bot accounts they have. And I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what. The think it'll happen is, obviously uh I, I i think he definitely is motivated to buy it or else he wouldn't have gone this far yeah but there's a lot to be done yet yeah um it kind of felt like he was like looking for a way out there for a minute yeah well actually how many bots do you have oh that's way too mm-hmm. many i'm out you know like he's like oh man i too many glasses of wine made a crazy offer but yeah i don't know it'd be interesting, be interesting. Yeah. i'm not on twitter either way so i could care less so but i, I guess am. we care about what yeah. he thinks and what he says because why because he's the richest man in the world? Mm-hmm. Well, because I think he's smart. That's why I care. I mean, I think he's a really intelligent person. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean I, I agree with everything, certainly right. like anybody, but I think he's a really smart person. And like anybody smart, I'm interested to hear what they have to say because they might have something. Well, he obviously has a, a huge center of influence. So let's yeah. hear Isn't about he it. like the most followed guy on Twitter? No. Oh, he's not? I think I think Justin Bieber is. I still think it's celebrity. Yeah, I think yeah. it is Justin Bieber. And who's the other one? Oh, you were saying Chris Rock. Uh, no, were The you? Rock. That's Instagram. The Rock. That's the on Rock. Instagram. You're right. I don't know. The I'm Rock. not on Twitter, but I, I know The Rock has a bunch on Instagram. Wow. A bit of a Rock fanboy. It's okay. You are? Yeah. I like what he's about. Like he was my favorite wrestler when I was young. That's because he was awesome. Do you smell? But The Rock was good. Yeah. yeah. No, Chris he Rock's the guy got slapped at the Oscars. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. wrong guy. D- different guy. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Chris Rock. Hope you're... Hope you're okay. Hope you're recovering. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so the, so the Elon tweet was actually in response to another tweet by Kathy Wood. And uh-huh. for those of you that don't know who Kathy Wood is, she started a really popular and really well-known set of ETFs called the ARC Innovation ETFs. And these are all pretty tech-heavy ETFs. They're not, they're not value ETFs, let's put it that way. Um, and like the name suggests, they're looking for companies that are innovating and that are kind of on the bleeding edge. Mm-hmm. Um, and she tweeted out, this was back in May, she tweeted out, history will deem the accelerated shift toward passive funds, which is another word for index funds, during the last 20 years as a massive misallocation of capital. Um, and she's obviously referring to the fact that 
inflows or the amount of money going into index funds compared to active funds has been the disparity has been widening for you know about 20 years there's been more and more money going into into index funds um to which elon replied like i call him elon like yeah. he's my like he's my buddy um good old e he responded passive slash index investment is simply an amplifier of active investment if active investment signal degrades in quality passive is proportionally impacted also, if there are very few actual active investors, their decisions can greatly increase company valuation volatility. So mm -hmm. essentially, I think to kind of summarize, and, and again, they're not alone. There's a lot of people out there that are kind of anti-passive and in index funds. Their belief on a fundamental level is kind of that if you don't have any active investors at all, like, so if you just kind of pull that thread and play the, play the game out, yeah. If you arrive in a world where everyone is in an index fund, no one's yeah. trying to beat the market, then you really, if you think about it, you would never have new public companies. Like every new dollar would just go into the same companies that are in the index today. Oh, yeah. Because you wouldn't have any companies under or overperforming other companies. You would right. just have every dollar going to the same companies because that's what index funds do. Right. Um, and then secondarily, they also believe that index funds are are propping up, and I think this is kind of what their tweet was speaking to directly. Index funds are propping up companies that aren't worthy or aren't deserving of additional capital. Mm -hmm. Whereas their argument would be, well, active investors, they're looking at fundamentals. They're evaluating these companies based on performance and management and all these factors. And they are companies that are run poorly or that not, aren't doing well. Active investors pull their money and reallocate their capital to more worthy companies. Whereas index funds, it's only based on size. So if, yep. if the impact of everyone investing in index funds, because again, index funds, when I put $100 into the S&P 500, 20 cents of every dollar, if all the companies were valued the same, would go into each company, right? But it's market cap weighted. So the bigger the company, the more of that investment goes into that company. The smaller the company, the less of my investment goes into that company. So in an index fund, you are having capital go to these companies that may not have earned it in their view. Does that kind of make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes. And so that's their argument is that, well, market effects should, should penalize these companies and let them go by the wayside and let that capital go to make good companies that much stronger and kind of reiterate on what they're doing. So that's kind of their problem. Um, See, my question would be, what if we only had active investors and no index? Well, for many years, that's what it was. Right. For uh -huh. most of time until the 70s. Oh. Yeah. Okay. You only had active investors. And and, and we'll, we'll get to, you know, the pros and cons, I think, of what they're saying. But the reason, I mean, to kind of put into perspective, so Vanguard and BlackRock, which are the two biggest index, let's call them the two biggest passive uh, in, uh, firms out there. They are the second and third largest investors in Tesla after Elon Musk. So when wow. they sent out a proxy vote. Did not. Yep. And and Vanguard, to be clear, when you invest in Vanguard, I don't get the voting rights. Like that goes to Vanguard. So yep. they as an entity represent, even if even if the money in their funds represents five million people, they get to vote mm -hmm. yeah. as a board. So Vanguard's board really gets to apply a lot of pressure to Elon. Now, he still controls the company because he's the largest shareholder, but at the end of the day, he could avoid a lot of headaches and a lot of stress, right. I'm sure, if he didn't have two 
entities taking up such a large percentage of the company. Uh, because so if they didn't exist, is you that would, his real motivation? You're saying that's kind of what I'm. Could I be mean, kind of annoyed. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, I definitely uh, think, and and both these people, Kathy Wood and and Elon, are not not Elon. Attached. Is it Elon? It's Elon Musk, not Elon. Elon. I'm gonna call him Elon. No, okay, I'll, I'll call him Elon. All right, that's fine. I'll call him Elon. I want to be. I want to be accurate. Um, but even Kathy, I mean, Janet, you could tell us about, because we were talking about earlier, I mean, they haven't been doing well. <laughs> right. And she, yeah, I mean, she's uh, an active investor. And like oh, Adam said, the has these uh, ETF funds that she's built and, and they're taking a beating yep. right now, for sure. What, down 45% or something like that. Yeah. So their benchmark would probably be like the NASDAQ, if you're curious. So check out how the NASDAQ has done this year. Yeah. So she might well. be deflecting a little bit to, to avoid some... Okay. Some criticism. Well, is right? there is there merit in the argument itself, though, regardless of the motivation? Sure. Yeah. There's logic involved. Absolutely. absolutely. One of the things Kathy said was that investors missed out on the huge returns of Tesla before it was big enough to be in the S and P. Probably a true statement, right? So, Definitely. but there's a way we'll talk about later that you can be you can index in a way where you're not tied directly to a specific index like the S&P 500, which does do that. I mean, they reconstitute, I believe, only once a year. So yeah, if if Tesla should have been in the S&P 500 and they didn't reconstitute for a year later, then that was a whole 12 months that they weren't in the mix. So yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, maybe it would be good just to like, let's give them their credit, right? So if we wanted to like assume they're right, what would they be right about? Um, so if, if the market was an index fund, if you didn't have active investors, then kind of like I was saying, all the companies in the index at that moment in time, the minute the last active investor left the marketplace, those companies would be entrenched, firmly entrenched because you wouldn't have any other investors to make that price volatile, to, to harm the price of that security. Mm -hmm. If that kind of makes sense. In other words, if there's no, if there's no other buyers of things that I'm selling, I can't sell it. If everyone becomes a buyer. Yes. Right. You can't sell it. Okay. So that only happens though, if the current trend continues such that every last active investor eventually leaves. Okay. So okay. they could be right. That could happen. That is a possible outcome. If the inflows to index funds just never cease and it keeps accelerating, sure, then, then they would be right if that were to occur. Um, I would also say that in index funds, you, you I, I would still argue you do have poorly performing companies still getting less and less capital allocated to them, but it does take a long time mm -hmm. or longer than it would an active. Right. Right. So see it, that. because it's market cap, if the company is doing poorly, it would get smaller. Their price would be hurt. Again, assuming there are some active investors, um, that company is going to shrink in size. And then that company is going to be pushed down the index because it's market cap weighted and right. it's going to get less capital the next time you put in $100. Right. And if that trend continues, eventually they fall out of the index. Happens mm -hmm. every year. Companies fall out of the index. That's why it's so important to a lot of these executives to stay in the index because it's it's a way to get a lot of, a lot of capital. Um, Interesting. But I, I think they could be right in theory from that perspective, I think. But 
I also think they could be wrong. Shannon rolled her eyes pretty hard on that <laughs> no. statement. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's pretty, pretty accurate. I mean, honestly, there are undeserving companies in the indexes, no doubt. Mm-hmm. And, and so what are we going to do about that? I mean, yeah, what I mean, can we do about that? I, I do agree with them that active investors are faster acting. Like if they deem a company to not be worthy of investment, they will absolutely turn on a dime and pull money. Right. I agree with them. Like active investors are more efficient in allocating capital. Um, but then I think they could be wrong in a couple of ways. Well, I don't really <laughs> see active investing going away. I mean. Yeah. That's literally one of the things that I think they're wrong about. Right. I mean, yeah. So I don't think that there that fear is really What's necessary. the percentage? What or is there one like in terms of how much money uh, in the last verse active? Well, in the last couple of years, it's been an outflow from active towards passive. So it's been like net flows to active, positive flows to passive. I don't know what the exact numbers are. Would it be like 60, 40 or would it be like 20, 80? No, it's like money's coming out of active. Yeah. Net. Yeah. So the money, the amount of money in active one year over the next is less, whereas the amount of money. So it's not like 40, 60 split money going mm-hmm. in. It's like there is no money on a cumulative basis going into active. I mean, of all the more money, money is coming out of active than is going into active. Yeah, I realize that. I mean, how much money total mm-hmm. is in passive versus active? I'd have to look. If it's, you had a ballpark, um, it'd literally be a guess. Okay, it's it's not like it's, just it, it's not eighty twenty. Yeah, it's not eighty twenty. Um, and the reason is, and this is why I think active. I mean, and maybe it'll get to eighty twenty someday, but the reward. The reason that we, the reason that we like passive is not because it can't be beat, and we say this all the time, but it's because it's just statistically unlikely. Mm-hmm. So if in a repetitive game, if you have the odds in your favor, you should keep doing that. Now, active will always be there because you're always going to have some subset of investors that have a very high risk tolerance and risk capacity, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and those investors, because the payoff. In theory, this is why venture capital is a thing, right? Like venture capital, they take their money and all that is is pooled private money. Like yeah. my brother-in-law is in venture capital. He takes his own personal money and instead of investing it in an S&P 500 index fund, he puts it in a venture capital fund. And they go out and give money to like startups, mm-hmm. like yeah. companies that have zero revenue, zero history. And the reason why, most of those companies are going to fail. But the reason why it's worth it for them is because the worst they can do is lose all of their money yeah. is, is have their million dollars go to zero. There is no limit on the upside. Right. So as long as you can keep playing that game, you only have to win once because there is no limit to how much you can win. So because the payoff for beating the mm-hmm. market, in other words, right. because the payoff for being active is theoretically unlimited, there will always be investors that are willing to take that risk. Always. Like gambling. It is gambling. Mm-hmm. You will always have people that are willing to do yeah. what I would argue are objectively not likely things, but they're going to do it. And so I just don't see that being a real threat um, to the marketplace. Not to mention, I mean, you have like guys like Elon, he's one guy and he controls most of Tesla. You're always going to have founders that are controlling most of the company. So we're talking about the scraps, the company that are left over after these founders sell off their shares. Um, But I definitely think that that's not really a likely scenario to occur. Right. So what do you think? So their motivation you're saying in your argument is that, they're a little, I mean, they're interested because of their hold into Vanguard. I mean, and I'm not even applying that and saying I think that's why. I don't know why they think that. I just 
would tend to disagree with him. I, and they're not, their tweets did not say that they think that will happen. Their tweets said that index funds are responsible for misallocation of capital. And in some cases, sure, mm -hmm. that is true. That is probably true. My argument would be, is that my concern? Like you as the operator of an S&P 500 company, yeah, I'm sure you would like for that capital to be allocated to you. Right. Yeah, but that's funny. That's not my problem. Right. Yeah. It's, it's not point. my problem. And and they also, well, I mean, I'll let Janet take because I've been talking for a long time, no, but there okay. are other, other reasons that I'll get to that I think they're wrong. They assume that active investors efficiently identify the companies that are not worthy. So you're saying that they're actually not efficient? Active investors? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think they're probably efficient, but I think that they also make a lot of mistakes. I mean, because they put the money into a company, then they didn't get the payoff, so they're pulling it out now, and they're looking for that next, that next stock, right, to, to invest in. So it's hit or miss, I mean, really. But as uh, Adam said earlier, certainly they can pull the trigger faster than uh, an index fund can in pulling out of a, a particular stock. So, yeah. So, yeah. In, in other words, I think that the, the assumption that index funds are the only, like passive is the only, is not the only way to invest that makes mistakes identifying who's worthy of capital. Yeah. That's just a, like, that's a straw man argument. Right. Yeah. Active does the same thing. Right. Now, yeah. are they faster at correcting? In some cases, yes. In some cases, no. But they also make a ton of mistakes. It yeah. happens all the right. time. They double down on companies they shouldn't. Right. I mean, they they pull money out of companies that they shouldn't right. because they're, they don't want to stomach the loss, recency bias, all these things. So yep. just the assumption that, well, because index funds can be inefficient allocating capital, active is the answer. Well, okay, let's take a deeper look at active and right. see how that looks. Right, agreed. <laughs> to your point about, I mean, so one of the things Kathy Wood said was, there, like you said, they missed out on, investors missed out on a ton of return if you're investing in index funds. And S&P is not the only index fund. That's a wild right. oversimplification. But before they were public and before they were in the S&P, well, before they were in the S&P 500 as a mega cap, investors missed on a lot of that growth, right? And yes, that is true. But the number of people that would have identified correctly, Tesla, like that applies to such a small number of people that would have made that decision anyway. Mm -hmm. And not only that, once they made the decision, as we've talked about before, that they would have been able to stay in their seat through the ups and downs of Tesla yeah. when they had their 19th missed target in car deliveries mm -hmm. and watch the stock price <laughs> drop by 30%. Like most of those people would have bailed out at the wrong time anyway. Yeah. So again, I agree in theory with what they're saying. I just think it's, there's more to it than just saying mm -hmm. index funds aren't perfect. Well, yeah, they're not. They're not. I actually have a client who bought Tesla stock mm -hmm. and then was able to buy his Tesla car with the earnings oh, from his Tesla stock, stock. Isn't that fun? That is like, <laughs> that is Elon's just best dream right yeah, there. Right. It's just like, yeah. perfect. Yes. If you're going to sell my stock, use, use, it my to buy, use it to buy a Tesla. <laughs> That's amazing. Good for him. Uh, That's cool. Good for him. That's fun, right? So I guess we need to move on to, is there a good option? Yes. Yeah. Miss Janet, that there was kind is. of a crude way to transition to that. There is a good option of what we call smart indexing, right? And it's where uh, the correct criteria that the index company uses is not straight 
a straight index fund. It does not going to follow the S&P 500 index. They're going to have a set of criteria, capitalization, uh, profitability, value, all these different factors that are going to, that they're going to follow. And then they're moving those companies in and out as they fall in favor or fall out of favor with that fund. And so that's a great way to, it's kind of in between active and passive, right? Yep. I mean, it's still passive as an investor. You're, you're not the one doing the work. You're not looking for the stocks. We have a fund company that is managing that oversight, but it's it's yep. a much more educated mm-hmm. decision. Is this that is this happening. is factor investing, right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's another what you call it smart index. You call it factor. You call it smart beta. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of words okay. for it. Yeah. Um, probably the most well known company that has a DFA who you know we happen to use in our portfolios and we like them a lot. Uh, AQR is another fund company that is a kind of a started by some DFA guys. Um, there are a number of firms that do it. Um, and it's gaining popularity, I think, for this reason. And the, the, the reason that it's important to understand what Janet just said, they don't use a raw index. They're not using the S&P 500. Right. Why does that matter? Because they're still using an index. They're mm-hmm. still building. An index is nothing more than a set of criteria. That's mm-hmm. it. Now, the S&P's criteria is you have to be one of the 500 biggest companies mm-hmm. and then we rank you by size. So when Janet says that's not, they're not using index, what she means is they're not ranking solely by market cap. Like there's more important mm-hmm. things than just how big are you? Mm-hmm. And I think, so you're kind of capturing some of that technical analysis that Elon would argue is important when you're de- deciding what companies should be allocated capital. Well, let's, let's capture some things about them. Are they profitable? Yeah. How profitable are they? If I have two companies that are relatively the same size or not even, if I have two companies and one of them's worth ten billion and one of them's worth five billion, just because it's worth ten billion doesn't mean I should put twice right. as much money in it. If the five billion dollar company is three times as profitable, mm-hmm. hell yeah, let me put twice as much money right. in that company. So mm-hmm. that's what smart indexing does. Now, a big distinction, and this is where I think the average reader doesn't even let this wash over; they don't even recognize it. But there's a big difference between index investing and passive investing. I mm-hmm. can invest in 10 stocks and be a passive investor. Mm-hmm. Right. Passive describes the style by which you hold and manage the investments. Indexing means you're buying the index itself, the index yep. fund. That's why we're passive index investors. Right. Well, we're, we're passive smart indexers because right. we're using this kind Factor. of ha- happy medium, right? Yep. And that's wise because we recognize there's more important things about a company than just its it's market cap by, right. by what happens to be the price of the number of outstanding shares that day. That's all market cap is. I don't so much care about that. It's relevant, but you know, it's not the only thing that matters. Right. So understanding that it's not passive is a good thing in the sense that we want to be passive, not because we want to buy the index. We want to be passive because we want to control our emotional reactions to short-term events. Mm-hmm. That's what passive really describes. Mm-hmm. It's just yep. a, the nature. So in DFA or AQR, you're still applying. That's what makes it a pat. That's why they get grouped in with index funds because they're not actively making decisions based on what just happened to that company or with that company. Um, they are holding the positions in a passive nature. We're buying something with the intention of holding it for a long period of time, letting that long-term capital appreciation work. Right. Does that kind of make sense? Yes, it does. So just be aware when you're reading things, the, these words get tossed around right. like they're synonyms, but they're not. Yeah. They're really not. 
Um, but yeah, be aware, be aware. I mean, again, like we always say, the most important thing, save your money, invest the money. Strongly recommend you not invest it in a, in a basket of stocks and a handful of stocks, but whether you're investing in index funds, active funds, smart beta funds, which would be my, my personal preference, just let it sit there. Let it sit there. Try to avoid that urge. And well, indexing really has opened up the world of investing to so many more people. Yeah. Right. So, so many people now, and obviously if you have a 401k, you're most likely indexing, right. Mm -hmm. Um, And have built a great amount of wealth through index investing. So Mm -hmm. to just blatantly or blanket, give it a blanket. It's, it's not working. It's causing problems. No, no. It's a great point. More, more and more people in our country are experiencing wealth that they never were able to prior to this. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's so much more approachable now. Right. I think if you're, you know, you're working at your job, you don't have time to study other companies and (laughs) decide what you're going to invest in, but you can pick a few good mutual funds, index funds and, and let it ride. Yeah. I mean, how many clients do we have that, they get wrapped around the axle because on a whim they bought their Exxon stock and they're like, I'm going to do this active thing. And right. then they've had it for 18 years right. and they've wanted to sell it like 12 different times, but right. they can't decide what they want to do with it. And it's just this thorn in their mm-hmm. side because it's like, yeah, at the end of the day, you're not going to sit there and do the technical analysis that's required right. to mm-hmm. make right. educated decisions that may or may not work for you. So I agree with you. I think it's a great point. It's a great point, but it's entertaining. It, for sure. When people right, like this sure. are very public say things like well, this, especially for me. Nothing I, wrong with it. It forces us yeah. to think and defend our mm-hmm. defend our reasoning, right? Our That's philosophy. Right. That's so. right. That's right. So I think, I mean, is it fair to say we're at least as smart as Elon Musk? <laughs> Based on this conversation? Okay, Adam. Yes. I I think that's, I mean, based on this conversation, I don't don't know how you would argue against it. compare the amount of money that he has to (laughs) us, then probably not. There's a little bit of a gap. (laughs) Just a little. A little bit of a gap. If you're listening to this, Elon, first of all, if you could retweet the episode, that'd be great. Obviously, I don't know. Second of all, (laughs) don't be mad. I don't know if he inherited anything, (laughs) but the bottom line is he's made a lot of money. He's got to be pretty smart. I love, let me just preface this, not that anyone gives a crap what I think about Elon Musk, but I love the guy. I do too. I really do. I think he's such a throwback to what America used to be when we would just, Mm -hmm. let's just try some crazy stuff. Yep. And we're going to take wild swings and, Hell, it may not work, but it's going to be fun. Yeah. And, you know, saw a chart yesterday, literally online. He's brought down the cost of, it was like per, I can't remember how much it was, but it was like per, let's say 300 pounds or something to get to space. He's brought the cost down already by like 65%. And it's supposed to go down to like 80% when Starship goes live. So it's like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, like he, he risked every dollar he had. Yeah. He just wanted to try something. So mm-hmm. I will, I will support that mentality a guy that wants to take a mm-hmm. risk and do something special with his life and affect a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. I've got That's us cool. back. I've got us back. Well, very cool. good. All right. Awesome. Should we call it? Yeah. Unless yeah. there's anything else you want to talk about, Jared. Um, no, no. Okay. <laughs> Man, I was excited there. I thought for a second you had something you were going to, you were going to drop on us. Nah, it's okay. We'll, we'll save it for next time. <laughs> yeah. All Sounds right. good. All right, man. I'll see y'all later. All right, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye.
you have any questions for Adam or Janet, please email us at podcast at assetbuilder.com. This podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not to be construed as an offer, solicitation, recommendation, or endorsement of any particular security, product, or service. For more information, visit assetbuilder.com. Thank you.